0: we on episode 23 right now, Rob McLean. What's up? Let's let's pay these bills. This 23rd episode of Sports Debate Tuesday is brought to you by Beach Volleyball National Events. BVNE is the biggest get noticed showcase in the United States of America. You want to get noticed? We have as many as 25 to 30 college recruiters come to each of the events. Um... BVNE, Beach Volleyball National Events. Come play with us. It's also brought to you by Endless Summer Beach Volleyball, one of the most elite clubs in, in the South Bay. Uh, we lead the country in commitments per capita. Beach, um, Endless Summer Beach Volleyball, a family that plays together, stays together. It's also brought to you by me, NY Varsity Sports. Watching me, watching you. And I got it right this time. This episode, episode 23 starts right now. what's up people we made it another week this is episode 23 of sports debate tuesday and for rob mclean keep it mclean mclean i'm jason DeBeas and we got to give the people i give the people what they want i was like brush your teeth man you're gonna be smiling at people like that so hey we um Had our whole uh, episode planned, everything was smooth, and then what happened Sunday night, Monday morning, they hit us with this news. They hit us with this good nonsense, if there is such a thing. So let's get to topic number one. It was was something else, but we're moving on up, all right? At last, at long last, after quietly being released by the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton flew under the radar, waited for his time, Passed the physical and now has signed a one-year contract with the New England Patriots. Rob, what is your reaction, and how much of this of this is a fit for Cam Newton and, and Bill Belichick? The floor Ooh. is yours.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I absolutely love the fact that it happened. Uh, I don't know how much of a fit it 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 was for the last offense that was created for. Tom Brady year after year after year, but I'm completely uh, sold on the fact that they can figure out a way to utilize Cam Newton's every last ability. Um, whether it's on defense, whether it's uh, on offense, the the Patriots are always going to be able to put themselves in positions, uh, into the right positions to, to succeed. So for them to get uh, an MVP caliber player who Honestly, we don't even know when we're going to like when we're going to see a football game again. I mean, it could be the next season which gives him optimal time to be able to heal, get back to a a, a position where he can show what what level he can still play at at age 30, 31. Um, but the right before he left, you know, he was playing at one of the best levels you could play. And again, that's a short sample size, so it'll probably, you know, the numbers will probably dim down a little bit, but You know, that was a great sample size. So um, if you create a new offense around, you know, short passes with a strong arm quarterback, be smart enough to understand and get the ball out of his hands and then also be able to run down the field. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for the Patriots, uh, and I think the AFC is on guard.
0: The AFC and the AFC East has been put on notice, Rob McLean. They have been put on notice, and I'll tell you why, because this man has had... Um, optimal years, and he's had terrific years, and nothing—really, nothing much in between. Even the seasons where he was below 500, the man was out there fighting all the time with less talented teams. And when he had a, a team that had a decent wide receiver, when he had a team that had a one-one pounding running back, when he had a team that, that had a defense that bent and didn't break, when he had a team that was actually pretty good on defense, those records were 12 and 4. Those records were 12 and 4. I believe one season he finished 15 and 1 his Super Bowl year, his MVP year. And ladies and gentlemen, they got rid of a 44-year-old quarterback who managed to stay injury-free. He's with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Out goes Brady. In comes Cam Newton, who has a much better arm than Tom Brady, who has much better legs. That's not even a topic of debate. Who has better better legs? All right, there were questions about um, his shoulder, his throwing shoulder. And he passed the physical. The questions about one of his knees passed the physical. And those are two of the things he did really well. So it's really, really good that Bill Belichick kept all of this under wraps until, until actually it was March 31st he passed the physical. But I think there were there were other things that were going on. And now they sprung it. And now a team that we thought was gonna finish four and twelve in the AFC has instantly uh, um, can instantly be twelve and four. I'm gonna put up the schedule right now. So, this is a pretty good. Uh, uh, this is all things considered. This is a not an easy schedule, but I do see a 10 and six out of this. I think they'll have a they'll be five and one in their division. I think they're going to split the difference with the Buffalo Bills. So, that's five wins right there. I think they'll beat the Raiders. I think, um, they'll beat the Rams. I I think, um, they'll beat the Chargers and, and which, whichever one they get their one win, be it the Texans or, or other. Um, I think they have a really good shot at finishing finish 10-6. and six. Rob, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, the Dolphins is probably an easy game in the first part of the season, but at week 15, it's probably, you know, they're probably looking the best they're going to look all year. So that could be the a tough game
0: Those guys play for that coach, don't they?
1: That's what I mean. God, and, you know, and they just got to uh so they're just feeling good about it. You know, you don't know how good he's going to be. Probably not week one, but week 15, you know, it could definitely be a different story. So I agree. Definitely an interesting, uh, interesting schedule. All
0: right. So I guess since we're still on this subject, um, I have. If um, let's talk about concerns. Concerns or are, are will Cam hold up? In the season due to his injuries, and the uh, for me, I'll go first on that. I think the answer is yes because if you consider the schemes that Bill Belichick and their offensive coordinator used to protect the quarterback, a quarterback that's not mobile, mobile, I think they'll do the same for Cam Newton. So it's not the same as running for his life, which creates these these little rushing plays where the refs have not have, have been derelict in protecting quarterbacks like Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger because they're big and because they're physical. You know, you you sneeze on Tom Brady, you're gonna get a flag. For- 15 yards for christ's sake so so take um his mobility and him being him being able to scan scan the field under good tutelage i think physically he's going to be all right my question to you and this is um and you can answer the physical question uh in in tandem but i wanted to give you a two-in-one question how do you think he's going to handle bill belichick's um the way bill belichick handles his own players he does call his players to the carpet, and I'm not saying Cam Newton's not mentally tough, but there is a gray area between talking to someone like a man, and and the way that that Bill Belichick lays into his own people. From uh, as you as you could see, he's an equal opportunity ass kicker. He's he, he doesn't like not do it with someone. It's it's pretty even across the board. Your thoughts on the physical and the mental route?
1: Um, well, for me, I think that physically. They're the Patriots in the best position because they had a guy who they really do want to see start and, and, and mature into something great. So if they're stuck with Ryan Stidham, I mean, that's not a terrible thing because that's the guy who they want in the first place. But if camp holds up, they have a best possible opportunity to do, like you said, 12 and four or 10 and six or, you know, even nine and seven, you know, in that division could win.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's show the people one more time.
1: And then, uh, you know, mentally, I feel as though Cam Newton is uh, like uh, probably the best candidate. That's why I was very interested. Why it took so long, but then you think about the medical concerns and all the things to make sure it all checked out. Um, but yeah, I think that Cam Newton is mentally the right type of player, especially in the time the time of his career, because I feel like physically the type of player he is, like a Arthur Sperger, it's not going to end at, you know, age 31, as long as he changes his game, you know, mm-hmm. as long as he's not a, you know, 15, you know, it's a 20 attempt, you know, down the field running the ball. Um, he needs yeah. something to use his legs to get away from, you know, to break sacks, to stay in the, in the ability to throw the ball still, you know, because you got to think you still got a Julian Edelman on the team, you know, you still got a guy, you um, You still have people who who are around Gronkowski when he was playing, so you understand how to get open, how to play the tight end position correctly. So if you can create the uh, opportunities with your feet to pass the ball as opposed to just to run every single time, like maybe more Russell Wilson, um, he he can transform his game, especially with his arm power. So I definitely feel like um, he will be able to uh, utilize all the things that Belichick is telling him to become a better quarterback Um, because I feel as though Belichick makes the quarterback a better quarterback by him being such a great defensive coordinator, you know, being able to throw things at them in practice and make them understand the situations. I don't think there's anything that Cam can't do. And I think it's going to be crazy to see uh, the development of his, of him as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, man. I am so looking forward to this. Listen, I got the right shirt. All right. So before before I, I I finish with this, or or maybe maybe have something to add, I will remind the people out there that I am a Buffalo Bills guy, and I am a New Yorker by nature, or or, or not by nature by birth, and <laughs> not all of my opinions are going to be completely objective about this. All right, with my boyfriend gone to Tampa Bay, I could definitely be a little bit more objective with the Patriots, but I do see Buffalo. I did have Buffalo beating them twice before Cam Newton came. I thought Stidham was going to be a learning curve, and I thought Buffalo was going to run away with this division, 11 and five. But now I see, now I see both teams finishing 10 as 10 and six, and we'll see how it goes. But I, um, I really love what's going on with the Buffalo Bills because you have to, I mean, in order to talk about the Patriots' success, you have to talk about that competition and and the AFC East, which was called the AFC East for a long time. Are they're not so quick to lay down and die, right? I mean, if you look, you want to talk about least division. Talk about the NFC East, all right? We, you know, where the the where the most loaded team doesn't even doesn't even win the division. Um, Right. You got Miami, a not so talented team that fought for that coach. You got the Jets. I don't trust these USC quarterbacks, not so much. But but I do trust um, Le'Veon Bell and I do trust um, Jamal Adams, who who's going to stay with the Jets. And then you got this guy, the Buffalo Bills, who everybody knows is not in the division to kiss the ring. But at the same time, unlike Rex Ryan, um, you acknowledge that without putting a target on his back. You know, like everybody respects uh, respects this guy. You know, you got a pretty stout running game. You got you got rid of all the drama queens. Stout defense, um, quarterback that could that could do whatever. And I love what you said about Cam Newton because you and I, between you and me, we're not asking him to be a pure pocket passer either. We're just not asking him to create plays that avoid him running for his life. I I think an occasional piston playout, you know, the uh, what I thought Kaepernick has done a great job of showing you, showing how everyone can do this in the NFL, because it was just a college play. Like the pros are like, get that college stuff out of here. That's not gonna work. That don't work out here, boy. You know, um, guess what? It does. It does, and well, and, and it gets you to the Super Bowl.
1: And that's the thing is though. It gets it, it does win, but eventually the league is going to win. You know that's why it's not sustainable. Um, and and I was so I was thinking lead. about is that well he's a big body guy and it's great and you have to think of it in two ways. It's great when you're on the offensive as a big body guy, but if you're someone who's not trying to create contact because you're trying to protect your shoulder or you're trying to, you know, um, not have full-on collision and contact like even being elusive you're not always going to miss that big hit so the more you keep running just like michael vick always found that the more you keep running you're going to be in those situations especially downfield high speed situations where you can't really protect yourself you can only avoid or get hit um so and, and as a bigger bodied person like cam newton you have so many more places to get nicked or hit or Hit hard because you have a large, uh, large hit area in the middle of your chest.
0: And clip low, man. You need your legs, man. um, Even mobile quarterbacks need their legs, man.
1: The knees, the ankles, you know. And the bigger you are, the more pressure it is on that stuff. And it's just like it's just so many things where, I you just have to utilize it correctly. Like Cap, like Colin Kaepernick. He utilized it correctly to a point, but then he started to only run all the time and not throw the ball and his yeah. receivers didn't get in, open. In and, a
0: league that's gonna sooner or later figure it out. Like you just like right. you said before. There's just too many coaches, full time coaches, watch in the video. Watching. Room. Video, yeah, right. You, exactly. you can't this one thing ain't gonna work forever. So
1: you know, and yeah. if it does, they're trying to do it on their offense. You know, they're trying to do it in their team and they're trying to figure out, well, if it works for them, let us work for us. And they're trying to figure out the inner workings of it So it has to really be a system, you know, just like when the West Coast offense came out for the first time, you know, everybody's like, well, this is working, but how do we beat it? You know, oh, there goes the 3-4 defense, you know, so it's just everything just it kind of evolves, you know.
0: No doubt. Yo, and my question to you is, how many mobile quarterbacks who use their legs to win games, how many of them you see win a Super Bowl?
1: Not very many.
0: Steve Young? Was the last one I remember. That's a long. But time he ago. was
1: still a quarterback, and they yeah. he wanted to run, but his offense wasn't predicated off of running. And again, no, it was the West that, Coast.
0: It was the West Coast weave.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was. He wants to run because he's athletic, but he was such a good quarterback, and I think I put a lot of he's that on him being a like brute. a lefty. But he put a lot of emphasis on how good he was as a thrower, and then he just wanted to. He was just. He was a show-off kind of guy. He wanted to, you know, be that star. He didn't want to be throwing to the star. He wanted to be that guy. I really like that.
0: And I loved his ambition. I mean, it's Mm – look, you have someone like Joe Montana, when he leaves – Normally when he leaves, that puts the franchise down for a decade, and, and Steve actually ended up getting to the NFC Championship game a couple of times, actually winning the Super Bowl, um, you know, as a result of it, and good, I'm so glad that he held on long enough to cement his legacy, you know, six touchdown passes in a Super Bowl game, which is, I believe, ties the record, or is still a record, so... Um, and of course let's remember Cam Newton did make it to a Super Bowl so as far as making it to a Super Bowl is up con- con- someone that uses their legs but still looking for that winner because like you said you know in the 16 game season and then the season after that there's just too many guys too many guys working full time figuring out figuring out how to bring you down you know it's too many guys right
1: too many yep. and you got 11 on the field that you're trying to run away from so
0: Ooh.
1: it's not like everybody's blocking downfield you know <laughs> We might have a coach or a trainer
0: trip trip a player or two, too.
1: Right. <laughs> Off yeah. the
0: field, just kind of, knows? eh, eh boom. <laughs> Whoops.
1: Quick little Tomlin, we call it. I can't
0: even, you know, I still can't even believe he did that. Like, he's my favorite. This is the coach of integrity. This is the man who everybody respects. And if I came to you the next day and I said, yo, Co- Rob, guess which coach tripped a player on special teams? You would have been like Rex Ryan or, your, or, your, uh, uh, or you know, West Paul or something like that, the special teams coach. Uh, or But to- Tomlin would have been your last guess.
1: <laughs> I know. Tom like and you, Bill, because I don't
0: think Bill can physically do it.
1: But they had to have had that camera, and they look down at the foot, and then they like pan out, and they're like, wait, who? No, no, Mike, come on.
0: That's got, okay, that's got to be our come on man moment. That's our come on man moment. <laughs> though, come, on man moment. <laughs> come on man flashback. It's just, you're embarrassed for this man because he has integrity. Oh. <laughs> All right, so hey. Oh, God, I could go NFL forever, man. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm coming back. Right. The, and, all right, the NBA. All right, and the NBA has announced the, the re, their restart schedule um, with the first game being July 30th. Um, now, they're setting up shop in Orlando. 22 of the NBA's 30 teams will play it out for, uh, our, I guess, for playoff seeds. You know, at, at this point, they're, they're all going to the playoffs, but they're just playing for seating. So I guess my question is, and it's a general question, we can delve into to the other. Um, is the NBA so far getting this right?
1: Uh, it's so difficult to say. Um, I feel as though they are not, um, only because it's very difficult to find a place in the United States right now that is... What we would what they were calling uh, going on the decrease for a certain amount of time and then even in that amount of time There they have to be scheduled games over a period of time So it's very difficult in the in the the format of just having a playoff series for them to get it over with quickly Right, it has to be like for a UFC card. It's one night You know, it's one area where they have a bunch of fights in in a row for them it's going to be a month, two months of the same people going into the same gyms of the, like, and I get it's, it's good like that with the, with the whole, um, quarantine first, but if anybody is asymptomatic and they catch on to anybody who is, who won't be asymptomatic, it's going to be, it's going to be something, you know, and Florida is a bad place right now to be in if it's talking about coronavirus. So having everybody fly to Florida even if you're staying there, you know, it might not even be able to get out. So in that essence, I don't think it's the smart thing, but I want to see, I want to see basketball. I know I just want them to be as safe as possible. It's just, it's just very difficult to see how in the format of us being able to stay in a single area for two months, how that's going to be the safest for, you know, a virus that's moving. You know, we really don't know that much still about it. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. It just seems as though maybe if other teams, if other sports in our country are able to, you know, push the season off to the next year, then maybe they should, uh, you know, follow suit as well.
0: Yeah, definitely a a bunch of uh, players have already opted out. and, and, And nobody... The good thing is nobody's vilifying anybody for that. If you're either you're Absolutely. in or you're out, and I think a lot of them. Once LeBron James said he was in, I knew a lot of a lot of the players would be in lockstep with him because he is he is the leader of the um, uh, the free world, if not the NBA. i the unsung. <laughs> and yeah, and I I I think my answer is they're handling this as right as anyone anyone can. Right. I mean, if you are trying to figure out a way to do this, the first thing you're going to do is look at the science, right? Because everybody, everything on social networks, oh, trust the science, trust the science. And the crazy thing is you got people not even reading the science saying trust, in the, trust the science, you know? And you ask them what they mean, they can't tell you. The science says stay inside. No, it doesn't. The science says keep a certain distance away from people. And if you are closer than than that, than that said, said distance, wear a mask. Is the mask designed for you to, to, uh, to prevent you from getting COVID? No, but does the mask uh, prevent you if you have COVID from giving it to somebody else? Higher percentage wise, the answer is yes. So the reason people out there when it's, you know when people get mad at you for not wearing a mask, it's not because um, of what you can get, it's what you can give them. You know what I'm saying? Because they can wear a mask, you cannot wear a mask, and you could sneeze, and they'll still get it. So, how? But if you wear one, and if you have it, does it's a preventative thing? So, so the science is right on that. Now, with that being said, the NBA is looking at every major franchise that is getting this right, uh, or or or, or doing major sporting events like the UFC, like soccer, and having a minimal amount of COVID COVID uh, positive cases. Okay? Because the the objective is to not have none that's not a reality that's no. that's that's this, now that's why I trust the science the science says the reality is that you not everybody it's someone's going to come down with it now the science rob combined with um, reality and assumed risk or what is what I'm talking about the science says X is what the safe thing to do. The reality is we cannot stay behind, we cannot stay in our house till a vaccine comes, which can be a year, and that's only for one of the strands. That's not a reality. So that's the science, that's the reality. Now, uh, the assumed, now, we're, now I can talk about assumed risk. Assumed risk, if you do this with 500 players, you're probably gonna have 23 or 24 cases. Now, if you're willing to assume that risk, then then play because that's the american way all right you're not you i mean you're they're in a bubble so they're not getting out there and getting other people affected they have a 3 week isolated camp where they're they're testing 3 times in a 3 week period to see if anyone has it going in all these things are not guaranteed to keep someone from catching covid but, but the science and i'm using science when it's convenient for my argument i will admit that if the science says this is the best way to do it mixed with the assumed risk my grade from a to f is i give them a b i give them a b a b plus they assume the risk and everybody's down and the people that are not are out right there's no law that says you have to leave your house and do this if you if your wife's pregnant and you want to be there for your wife when she has the baby. Be there. Be there for your life. There's there, there are more important things in life than than basketball. But just because because they're more important things in life than basketball doesn't mean that basketball should not exist. I mean, you don't I don't I'm not completely one one side or the other on this. I'm mixed. I don't even think I answered the question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I just uh I, I don't want it to be to a point where, you know, these guys get sick and then, you know, you find out that it's different or it's worse than what it could be, you know, where we don't even know what happens after, you know, the first testing or, you know, if there's anything later related to it. Uh, yeah. I just think it would be better off us understanding what we're what we're dealing with, um, with people not having it as opposed to people having it. Right. Um, and again, and, and you and know, the, test the kits
0: aren't even reliable. Right. I mean, they're not even completely. Uh, um, I, I, how could I say faulty? Uh, not not faulty.
1: Well, and that's why I'm saying if, we, if we're starting to restart our economy or if we wanted to restart our economy to, you know, help the virus or, you know, to help quell the virus, you know, where Bauer and other places were helping uh, make ventilators and stuff like that, I think that this is where we need, we need to be able to, you know, mobilize our economy and be able to use it towards uh, purposes as opposed to just it only makes money and unless you can make money you can't get into that system right so yeah um it's just you know very concerning because it's basically and this for a lot of things it's up to public opinion whether or not it's good enough or whether or not it's enough to take seriously yeah Uh, and And that shouldn't be up to you know social media trolls you know whether or not things are taken seriously and so
0: yeah and the cool the reason why the the opinions are split down the middle is because both of the, Listen, both both opinions are based on facts. The opinions which lead to, um, I mean, the facts which lead to assume risk is where the opinions uh, go left and left and right. You know what I'm saying? One goes this way and one goes that way. Um, one's like, I see the risk. I'm not willing to assume them. I'm good. I'm here. I'm playing video games. I'm watching horse, okay? I'm watching cornhole on ESPN. And then some people are like, you know what? I, I, I can't hide behind this I can't hide forever you know what I'm saying I make sure my grandma don't live in the house with me or anyone who is um, according to the science is more vulnerable to this uh, um, and they assume the rest and that's where um, democracy is is taking its, its, its um, is actually getting it I think they're, I think they're getting it right I, I just think for the people who don't want don't want in on this they're not leave don't leave your house it's okay <laughs> you know don't leave your house because this this ain't going to go away uh, and this ain't going to go away in a year. And we and we can't stay in our house. We cannot stay in our house for a year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, again, we're being very reactive, uh, I feel, as a society um, in just regards to this coronavirus, because it took a lot a long time and there was a lot of pushback for a long time. Um, about the coronavirus until that caught on because everybody got fed up. I get it. I don't want to stay inside either, um, but again, are we gonna say like like say, just going out and saying herd immunity, herd immunity hmm. when other people don't agree to that? You know what I mean? That's you know that's the other side of the argument. So honestly, we can go back and forth in semantics because semantics aren't really, you know, the solution. The solution is the you know right in the middle. And I honestly believe that just because that this is the answer that's out here doesn't mean that it was in the middle. Right. I mean... Or even the right there, answer, right? Well, but <laughs> yeah. Right or wrong, I don't think there's ever a right answer because no. everybody's going to feel a certain way. Yep. But let's just look at what was happening at that time. And at that time, this was the right answer. At this time, right now, we should we should go back right now to where we were. It should be stay at home right now after all of the reports that are coming out about how many cases are in this, in this country right now. But... We're gonna slowly figure out what to do, yeah you know uh, it's... well the
0: the other reality is the purpose was to um what was what did they call it? flatten the curve mm-hmm. flatten the curve for the people listening, flatten the curve basically means when you get it, not if because they're gonna people i mean they people are just gonna get it and that then that's the reality it the the hospitals are not overrun, so mm-hmm. if the curve is flattened. You like you said. I think there are certain phases where you return to normalcy. I think there are certain states that got that wrong, and now now they're really. Like, if you look at Florida right now and if you look at Texas right now, who were doing so well in the beginning, I really thought, like, and, and this is where I support your argument, uh, um, because you can't mess with the results, right? I mean, we already, we're already we not looking into the future right now. We're looking into the present and, and how the past led up to this present and where they are right now. We can see that there were a ton of mistakes made, you know? And now I believe the Florida governor is trying to shut uh, shut shut things down, and Texas is going into full sh- shutdown. A lot of the volleyball leagues that were open uh, are are now closed, and I, I feel bad for beach volleyball because that's minimal. You know, these these are uh, like elite athletes, and in these minimal uh, um occup- uh, um minimal participation settings, right? Yeah, I mean, but
1: again, we and we as volleyball players, beach volleyball players, need to know this. We play an entertainment-based sport. Yeah. When we go on the beach and there's nothing else going on in the entire world and we're playing an exciting, entertaining, fan-driven sport, what do you think is going to happen? It might not happen today. It might not happen in a week. But when no one has nothing to do for two months, like if we were playing beach volleyball this whole time, there would be massive crowds everywhere right? looking for anything to find, anything to do to get their mind off. It. It's really tough on you know I mean? a beach, huh? It because is. beach, I mean, does and, and this,
0: be, beach. the purpose of beach is attracting these these um exactly. a zombie Tourists, apocalyptic crowds. People
1: from outside of the, like, we go to, like, you know, upstate, you know, California and, you know, inland and stuff like that to see the mountains. Everybody else comes to the beach. It's you true. know what I mean? So we're, we're, from, we're nice, you know, it's nice and all here. But we have to understand there's a lot of people coming from outside in. And that's where things have a, a highway to travel. Very you know? interested and, to see this Amazon yeah.
0: Prime thing. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and Amazon Prime is going to be with no fans. Um, it's going to be a three week series. We talked about that last week. Um, the AVP. Cool. Um, yeah. Right. I'm. I'm interested. You're, you're. You're. You're just like ah. You know. I remember I got your opinion on that. And, and, well, I'm um,
1: just wondering if they're going to fly in. You know, two weeks before, or are they doing testing? You know, or are they? You know, what are the? That would be the smart measures? thing to do, right? Well, I mean, that would be the. I don't know how they're getting mandated to be allowed to be in New York as a live event or an event at all right. um, without, you know, some preventative measures. So mm. I would be very interested to wonder, you know, what they would do. So maybe other leagues, you know, that AVP that follows AVP and that would love to play beach volleyball could follow those procedures to get back to, you know, the beach as quickly as possible and as safely as possible.
0: Yep. And, 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 so. Honestly, if they follow the format like the UFC did, that I'm not it doesn't make it completely safe I will not make that a logical leap. But Again, where I'm just trying to, I'm talking about minimizing the cases. I'm not talking about zero percent. All right, because you can stay home and go to the store and come back and get it. I mean, even stay, even doing all the right things, you can get this. That's that's why I'm that's why I'm all about assumed risk because eventually everyone's just they're just gonna get it anyway. And you 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 can do everything right. You could do everything the government's telling you to, and still and still get it. <laughs> All right, unless someone's delivering to your door and unless you sanitize the food that's being delivered to your door and unless you can find ways you know that that a cashier or someone, you know, who's or people delivering the stuff or or uh, just just being being at the wrong place wrong time. I mean, you could do everything right and still get
1: this. It sucks. Um, right, but the probability of that is a lot different than somebody, yeah. you know, going to a, a place where people are coughing and people are getting sick. So, I think Again, assumed risk is I, I do agree I'm not agree talking about that. crowds. You Sorry, know, Rob. No, I wasn't but, talking uh, about
0: no, crowds Our uh, fans' participation.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it's still just the fact that you're going to be in New York City. You know, you're going to be in a place where there are that many people. And I think this is probably the best place to go knowing right now, but to have this planned for the last month and no, a half going to that we're going to go to New York City. That's, that's, Sorry, Rob. Long they're, Beach is up here. Oh, but I didn't know.
0: Ooh, okay. Let's find out about that later, man. Jeez. Yeah, I wasn't
1: sure. Jesus. But I think mean, yeah, New York the, City right now, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it I mean might be the long place Island. to go. <laughs> oh,
0: long long, long Beach, Long Island. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was Long Beach. You said Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but so. I, they
0: didn't say, you're right, they didn't say, jeez. I was like, wait a second, can that be Long Island? Hmm. hmm. <sighs> All right. Know. Well, that's another I fun don't. thing to talk about. We're gonna talk. We're gonna get back into volleyball later, but for now, let's. We're gonna talk about the UFC. Once again, I sound like a uh, someone who's constantly repeating himself every time the UFC puts on one of these shows. But once again, they promise a good show and they promise good fights, uh, big fights and good fights. And once again, the UFC Dana White has delivered. All right. Um, yeah. Every time there's a UFC fight night, they deliver. They put on. A pre- and this one they put on a terrific card, and I'm highlighting the main event between Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker, a fight that um that Morton delivered on its promise for fight of the year. And you you and me probably already have like three candidates for that. Um, uh, I mean, I think there were three on one card, <laughs> you All know, right. the last time around. So Rob, I um I'd like to go first on this because I um. Uh, i'm going I'm going basic, basic b on basic b on this, like which which one stuck out the most to me? Mm-hmm. Um, so my answer is the main event uh dan hangman hooker against dustin the diamond poirier both fighters on impressive winning streets in fact um poirier had the interim belt and i believe had a seven fight winning streak all the way up to losing to khabib which you know like if if you consider the losses on khabib's record (laughs) no wait a minute he hasn't lost okay that's not a whole bad thing but now this man's has been driven to be the undisputed champion, he he tasted interim interim gold, and it felt good in his tongue, and he's thirsty, and now he wants more. Dan Hangman Hooker has been thirsty from the beginning. Israel Adesanya out of his camp, and all of these guys right now and um, have been 15 and one in their 16 fights. His basically his whole camp. So right now they're they're doing you know how these camps catch fire, and for like a year like um like um. Sarah and Longo, BJJ, like all of the guys are winning in one year. And then Ronda Rousey, uh-huh. their camp's winning. Then Greg Jansen, Jackson, right now it's his camp. They're 15-1 and one in their last 16 fights. And this is a fight that could have went either way that I thought was decided in the fifth round. I thought um, Dustin took the first two and I thought Hangman took the next two. And, and at the, the end... Dustin had top position on a missed takedown and just started giving them noogies at the end to secure it. But I was very impressed at the the technique because most of the time when you see a fight of the year, people assume it's a stand-up. They were right. When you, see a, when you hear a fight of the year, you, you assume people were trading shots. They were right. But what you don't hear is the technical boxing and kickboxing that's involved in it. Most of the time, you just see two guys bite down in their mouthpiece and swing, and everybody's like, oh, oh, give him a beer, oh, give him a beer, fight of the year, fight of the year, you know? I'm, I'm not like that. I'm not an MMA level one purist, but I am a purist in the in the classic sense of the word that I like to see mixed martial arts. And with that being said, that's my pick because when they hit each other, it was technically sound, and when they, when they decided to load up, it was shoot to kill, Rob. And some mm. of these these shots which I thought could would have dropped any other fighter out pretty much from 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 where they're ranked on down to 10 <laughs> like I don't think it drops Fergie and I don't think it drops like Khabib or maybe it does it was two guys that that it's so bad and to me the winners were the fans that got to watch this huh. which fight stuck out to you?
1: Uh, I liked uh, I think it was four fights before the the, the main event but it was uh, Brent <laughs> Brendan Allen and uh kyle dalkus uh, man these guys wow. were i i don't even know what weight class it was necessarily but these guys were going after each other and they were honestly they were doing the exact same thing to each other they were level changing they were swinging uh they would uh you know they wanted to get each other to the ground and then land elbows and man they literally opened each other up like they both had giant gashes on their eyes um, the Brendan Allen guy, he didn't even seem like he got hit. And then, you know, he was turned over. His eye was all like, you know, swollen shut. He had like a gash all the way up into his eye. He yeah, had one
0: above too, which is dangerously yeah, close to stopping was, the fight. Yeah, well,
1: had one over his eye and then that was bleeding down to his eye. Yes. The other guy had one, like his whole left eye was like completely closed shut after one elbow. So they definitely were trying to do certain things to each other. And, you know, they were swinging. Um, the one thing I was seeing is, man, or I was hearing was that, you know, with no fans there, just like in baseball, when they had no fans for that one time in Baltimore when there were riots, um, there wasn't any sound to drown out the the extra, that, that the. You know, the, the Wi-Fi, yeah, the snap on it. Man, you heard some shots that were like bone to bone, and you're like looking for them to wince, and they're like not wincing at all. They're just like, oh, I've, I've felt that one before. Oh man, it was just—it was like cracking sounds. I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch this right now.
0: <laughs> you ever see like those old black and white films where someone punches someone in the face? You hear you hear, yeah. That's what that's—it sounded like a, oh, one of those old school films where it you're like, like, that's not what a punch sounds like. You hear a thud. Mm-hmm. No, you heard the thud and the pop
1: yeah it was gross yeah it was pretty pretty crazy
0: but how about that fight overall how about like the 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 takedown the submission attempts the guy on the ground just looking for submission attempts how about this dude walk using both hands to wheelchair walk himself you know back to the cage to find the fence, a ways yeah. to get up it was a complete it was a complete fight in terms yeah. of jiu-jitsu, in terms of good wrestling, in terms of MMA wrestling, in terms of sub- submission of defense and sub- and, and people looking for, for subs, man. That was, I mean, Jew, dude, I, I mean, I feel like someone that doesn't know anything about MMA. And I'm looking at everything. Fight of the year. Fight of the year. Fight of the year. I know. For <laughs> everyone. I know. It's just good fights, though. Good oh, fights. man. Oh, man. Since we're still on um, the UFC, we're going to move on to the next thing. Um in a minute, but we got Fight Island, and we're gonna talk about this next week because Fight Island's two weeks from now. It's gonna be July 11th, and I wanted to put up the uh, the actual. I'm gonna put up the main card, but the um, the prelims are good. the The early prelims are good, but here's um what we call the co-main event, and you and I actually agreed on as far as fight excitement, what what's like the real main event. Um, even though I don't know, I mean, I right, I'm I gotta let you go first, man. Here's the... Um, Here's the main card. Out of these five, which one are you looking forward to seeing? You could steal mine. I don't care.
1: Oh, I already think I know what I want to talk about. I'm going to just
0: zoom in on it. Go ahead.
1: Oh, man. Oh, you like Peter Yan and uh, mm. Jose Aldo? That's
0: the one? No, 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 no. I'm
1: going to you that's, first. I'm highlighting that, what oh, I think yours is. That's mine, honestly. I mean, I like all of them. I really like the Volkanovski and, and Holloway, but Jose Aldo Peter Yan, I was kind of thinking about that the other day, too. I was like, that. That fight is going to be great because I think Peter Young has a lot to prove. Um, yeah. And Jose Aldo, man, let's see if he still got it. I mean, he went a whole different weight class now, and uh, they say he looked great at that weight class. He did look pretty solid. I don't really like what he did, but you yeah. know, he, you know, he's, he's still a top flight fighter. He's... So let's see. I think Peter Young going to knock him into another world though because he's just a big, top, powerful dude that's quick and. Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: I think it's amazing how Jose uh, Aldo, I was going to say Layola, how Aldo comes into some of these fights um, looking like bigger, like you just found, you know, his way to cut weight and he he looks more muscular and he looks bigger. But I'm like, is he starching people? And I'm like, wait, who's he fighting against? Is it Chad Mendes? Is it Frankie Edgar? Of course he's going to look bigger. And then Max, he looked like same size, if not smaller. And. And if you look at his his, um twenty eight and six record, that's a that's a legit record. Because if uh, people look at twenty eight and six, they don't look at the twenty eight wins and all of the the magnificent wins he has. But you look at some of these losses, like like except for Conor McGregor, they're all pretty good fights. And we fought Max twice; those were good fights. You know, he fought um, um, who's this dude out out of um Henry um. Coach Henry's camp in New Jersey. He trains with Frankie. Forgot that guy's name. Um, Brazilian cat who actually trains in New Jersey. Had a um, close fight with him and Aldo, but it's gonna be a good fight. Peter yeah, Young is fourteen and one right now. Now I don't think that record's completely padded, but this is his biggest. Do you believe? Do you agree? This is this is his biggest test to date.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that his last fight was pretty was pretty big too. That's why, I from what I saw from the last fight, it was kind of like. Uh, Wei Li, Wei Li, Zhang, the yeah. on the girl side, where you yeah. like kind of didn't know about her, and then you saw, it, and you're like, oh, okay, this girl's for real. Peter Yan is like that for me. Like I saw this guy fight, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's like different. That's like a little extra something. He's got like extra little power. He's a little quicker than everybody else. Like he's just a little extra than everybody. So, Ooh. and now he's at the top. So mentality, I always say, you know, when you become that champion, especially in UFC, you know, your mentality starts to build. You know the right type of people but the mentality starts to build where you just get stronger and more confident in yourself and i think that was like really true for a guy like uh, canelo alvarez Mm -hmm. you know where in the beginning of his career he was great technically but now he's almost unbeatable i'd love to see him and floyd fight now because now his you know his mentality as a champion is really at a certain level where you know he's not going to break he's going to find a way to you know change his you know, movements when he needs to. Yeah,
0: and his ability to walk people down, like particularly mm-hmm. defensive fighters, is going to be an interesting um, mm-hmm. chess match between. Would be an interesting chess match between him and Floyd Mayweather. So, my, the MMA fight I'm looking for. I'm, I mean, I'm down with Volkanovski and, and Max Holloway to rematch because the first one was excited and it was razor close. But I thought Volkanovski won that, and, and I'm glad Max, who was giving everybody his rematch, has finally gotten his UFC got it right. They did the right thing. But the fight I'm looking for. If you asked me a year ago, if it was, it was Usman and Burns, I would have told you hell no, because sometimes you see Usman just dominate fighters and ride it out with what he does best, and some fans find that boring. I don't, but I did find one of one, of, one or two of his fights where I did see him lay and pray for a couple of rounds, not because yep. he gassed, but because, yep. because of how bad he, he needed to win. Because I'm the, Col- man's, the man's African. He don't gas. <laughs> <All No.
1: right. laughs> Go ahead. Kobe, Kobe, he kind of, you know, he took his foot off the pedal. And it's kind of strange how, you know, when a fight a fight comes like that where Kobe getting injured almost helped him out because yeah. the other guy's like, well, you know, I don't want to get knocked out or I don't want to put myself in a tough position because, you know, he's only trying to, like, swing, you know, for one shot to come back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I felt like in that he kind of, you know, just, you know, eased up and, and, and took his victory. And I, I don't really – I mean, he he, he he put hurt on Kobe, but it definitely took Finish, a lot of KO, where, you know,
0: fifth round. You know,
1: That's what I'm saying. But it's just like he kind of just, you know, I'm just going to take it easy. And I'm just going to, I'm already won this fight. So I'm just going to take and pick. Because without that KO, I don't really thought like he put hurt on that. Like there was one little area where he kind of like, you know, beat him. But I don't really. (laughs) He broke his jaw.
0: What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) He broke his jaw. And his, no, his hand was broke before that. That's why he wasn't throwing like a whole bunch of stuff. Or his shoulder was busted. So. That's what I'm saying is once you find that out, once you see that, we all felt that. You saw he felt that in the fight. And he kind of just, you know, waited to the right moment. Instead of just, you could have just took him down. You could have literally, like, he has no movement in his arm. You know That's, what I mean? So
0: That was my fight of the year last year.
1: Yeah. You know why? They did a little secret, secret handshake. Before.
0: Two wrestlers who take people down or or do dirty boxing and press people against the cage did an unofficial behind the doors handshake and said, We're gonna throw, we're gonna stand and throw. My God. I just saw it. It's up on UFC has it on free fights. And when you watch it the first time, you just you're just wishing someone would knock this kid's block off. You know, like I mean, look, if someone tell you they they broke Kobe's jaw and his jaw got sewn shut, you're glad because you ain't got to listen to this dude's big mouth anymore. That was what what Kamaru Uzman did was a service to humanity, all right? But in your defense, I'm disagreeing with you because I love that fight and that's my pick for fight of the year. Even though Adesanya against Gastelon was... was, And you can name a couple off the top of your head too, but the, the one thing I like about this fight is that now... Kamar Usman is finally going against someone that he can't walk down, and now it forces his hand to perform like he did before. But in but in your defense, where I'm on your side, is if the one thing people remember about this fight is Kobe Covington's endurance and how big his heart was. If that was said more than than Usman's performance, then you have a, you have, you got a good argument. Cause that's what everybody was talking about. Like they couldn't believe this douchebag that everybody hated. Wanted to see a knockout. All of a sudden the man won him some fans. Yeah. He had a broken jaw. He said, up. My jaws broke. That was the second round, dude. And when they showed a replay of the hit, and I'm not gonna put it up, I ain't trying to get shut down by the UFC, it looked like a cartoon, it looked like he knocked his block off. You know, but that's I guess that's what happens when people want to knock your block off. But um, yeah, looking forward to this, man. Looking forward to uh Fight Island. Uh that they had this nice little sunset picture with the cage, it's an outdoor cage. And as far as quarantining and as far as doing everything right, as far as COVID's concerned, I mean, if someone's coach has COVID, they out the fights cancel. I mean, Dana, they're doing the right thing. And this is, this is what I'm talking about, how the science to reality and assume risk is concerned and, and try to get to some sense of normalcy and do do, do safe uh, things that, as safe as you can. And like you said, assume risk is, is um, it's like, it's all present, all knowing. It's omnipresent if it were a human being or, or, or a being, you know? All right, so.
1: But I do that, have to say please. that the UFC is different than these long, drawn-out seasons. Yeah, so one-on-one. it is, I just don't have to reiterate that. It is a big yeah. difference where, you know, these UFC fights can go on and go off in 30 seconds, yep. you know. Or it could be, you know, 25 minutes, but it's still an end time. And not multiple know,
0: competitors too, right? Yep. Yeah, it's I mean, just you, they, one-on-one.
1: You know, right. The corner yeah.
0: coaches are wearing a mask. Everybody, uh, the only ones that are not wearing a mask are the fighters and the refs. And Bruce Buffer, who has plenty of social distancing <laughs> when he's doing his thing, so
1: up up until you know the fight, even I mean when they're when they're talking with the ref, even
0: uh-huh. you know,
1: and the refs uh, they're all meeting at the center of the ring, they yeah. have their masks on there. So yep, you yeah. know, there's just a, there's a ample opportunity, uh, and I don't I post don't fight interviews, that right? Just, See the post fight you know, interviews? This is not this is not how, you know, things used to go for the UFC, you know. Mm-hmm. And granted the UFC maybe has a little bit easier a route to do that, but I don't believe just quarantining, you know, 22 teams of players in a one space is the answer and it's not going to be the answer for next year. I can't you know, disagree I'm tell with you. That you. Right now.
0: I can't disagree with you. It's just listen, it's there's too many lurking variables, right? There's the UFC's one-on-one with a ref uh, and basketball you're talking people on the bench you're talking starters talk you you know i mean i don't, i mean let's see uh, i i mean our listen our, our show is kind of like a first take thing like what's your first reaction and and it comes from yours i love yours because yours comes from uh, a, a a a place of self honesty but it's also generated by 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 facts, (laughs) right? Me, I'm not going to let the facts get in the way of a good story. Sometimes I I mess with my own head like that. But listen, this is why we're on the show together, because I need you to save me from myself. All right. Um, All right. Moving on. Um, Okay. Let's talk about something stupid or not so much. All right. Roger Goodell made a public apology on the handling of players kneeling, saying that it should have been handled better and earlier. Um, I'm paraphrasing, of course. He further said that the NFL uh, publicly condemns racism and echoed that black lives matter. Um, yet there are pundits out there and their fans and their and, media and professionals, including LeBron James, who believe that he should apologize to Kaepernick. So my question to you, Rob, should Roger Goodell apologize to Kaepernick?
1: Oh, absolutely. But I don't think he needs to publicly apologize to Kaepernick. I think that needs to be happening behind closed doors, privately, like most of this stuff should have been happening. Um, I just feel as though uh, that's a great step. But I I honestly don't need an apology. What I need from Roger Goodell, a person in that area, is to explain the ways in which you are going to help, and not by putting money into a cause, you know, because that doesn't help. The idea is that we need concrete ideas and solutions or an open platform to create those ideas and solutions so that we don't have to deal with this anymore. Because this doesn't have to be a reoccurring theme. This doesn't have to be a, oh, okay, we're going to apologize in another three years. We're going to apologize in another five years. All the power is in the consumers. You know, All the power is in the businessmen that give to those consumers. So there is no much there is no more like we're in the age of technology there is no more oh i didn't know what i said oh i wasn't informed enough everything's out there the information's out there so you gotta it's time to make choices that's all it comes down to and silence is a choice you know so he chose his now he's choosing the silence of uh the non-silence of uh, apologizing and being a part of a movement but now he has to be held accountable. You know, he has to show his efforts going forward. And for somebody with not so much means, that would mean maybe you don't have to put in so much. But somebody with a lot of means, a lot of opportunities for other people, a lot of uh, avenues in which you can help and change things, uh, you saying Black Lives Matter and being a part of Black Lives Matter is something that should monumentally move it forward as opposed to maybe somebody else who doesn't have that platform who doesn't have that voice who doesn't have the monetary backing to make things change so of course i would love an apology and i appreciate the apology but you know it, if we're talking about should the apology happen to kaepernick of course it should already happen it should have happened before he apologized to everybody else right because he was in contact with kaepernick way before any of Uh, his message coming across. It was him and Kaepernick talking about your uh, employment in the league being good or not. You know, that's his message coming from the owners going to Kaepernick. So it should have been him first before it should have been about uh, this movement, because now it's like you're pandering to the customer as opposed to actually meaningful discourse about you being sorry.
0: All right. Well, before I say yes or no on this, um, I like what you said about throwing money at a problem. Like you said, it doesn't help. Um, And when you first said that, I said to myself, I said, self, the money doesn't hurt either. But but thinking further about what you said, if you don't have good ideas, if you don't have good solutions, if you don't have a game plan, I equivocate throwing money at a problem to throwing water in a trash bag that has five holes in it. Right. You throw the water in. You look in a out, at trash bag. Where's the water? Gone, right? Um, we've seen this uh, presidential and and um, political campaigns. We've seen uh, people that had that had a ton of money thrown at their campaign, but it's not managed, right? And it's sloppy. And and then you all that money is either kept by the politicians or through a legal loophole, or mm-hmm. or just a waste of money and time. So, um, where I was, I was ready to jump on you. I can't, I can't do it, Rob. Can't do it because, like you said. Uh, like I just said, money, you know wasted wasted money is uh, is basically money thrown at a problem with no with no game plan. Now, there are a bunch of ways you could say sorry, right? there's there's a way that I could say, like if you're a relative Rob, I'm sorry that happened to you. you know? there's a way where you didn't have any money and maybe I had a little bit of money and I chose to spend it somewhere else. Rob, I wish I could have done i could I wish I could have helped you instead of doing the other thing. my bad. You know, and then there's this general apology where the decision someone makes has a personal and a professional affliction on you. So, to answer your question, yeah, but not really. He should say sorry, but not really, not really. Because if there was anyone that did fight for him to try it for other clubs and and made the association with the general managers and say, hey, take a look at this guy, look at that guy, When the owners didn't give a shit. It was it was him. It was it was, it was in fact Roger Goodell that was making a push for it. I think Roger Goodell, um. Like you said, there are some people that don't know, and there's some people that should know, and then there's some people where it's ha- the wrong thing has happened so long it's hidden in plain sight. Now, for you, it's the former, the former, the former. Roger knew, should have known better, and made his choice for his professional career because at the end of the day, as a, a commissioner, you you you're, you're not uh, you you are being paid and you're hired and you have to answer to the owners, and he could have made another decision. And stood up to the owners and said, hey, this is what's happening. Or, or you send me packing. You know, and and he could have went that way. And, and he did go that way. But I guess, like you said, because the political um, uh, stream has gone a certain way, that the decision he makes is not only the right thing, but also partnership with the popular thing. Which we both agree, right? Just because something's popular doesn't mean it's right. But in this case, it's both popular and right. So... Um, I, do, I do think he, he owes um, Kaepernick an apology in, in the sense that I'm sorry that I knew about this and there was, um, and I did some stuff, you know, to, to, to make it look like I'm, 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 I'm doing the right thing, but I didn't do enough. So to answer, to, I'm with you at the end of the day, just wasted a whole bunch of the people's time listening to me pontificate about this. Yeah, yeah, should have apologized.
1: Well, I mean, but at on the, on the end of the day, uh, I feel like the, because this is a reoccurring issue and because this isn't the first time, you know, this is the Kaepernick thing happened and there's been many of, uh, many of protests and many of things that have happened between now and Kaepernick taking a knee and it still hasn't been addressed and only till now has it been addressed. Uh, you know, it's just, it could have been handled so much better. Yeah. Uh, and if you really think about it, you know, it, it, some people think this or some people think that about the protest or the anti-protesting or whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to take a step back and take a humanitarian look at things because that's what comes first. Lives or living comes first. So, you know, in the humanitarian aspect, nobody deserves to be treated any, any which way. You, any any criminal should go to jail. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, they should go to jail they shouldn't been it should not be dead or alive so that we can all live in peace yeah you know like a there shouldn't be a public the other day, yeah please go ahead but a great quote i heard the other day was just you know if you if you have if for you to be the tallest person everybody else has to be on their knees there's a big problem yeah. you know so that's just the issue. Is you know get over being short be perfect in who you are and just go on with your day
0: yeah, and stop bringing everybody else down, and stop mm-hmm. stop waiting until there's a public outcry. So you have to be shamed into doing mm-hmm. something, which we see more cases than not. And this, as far as the marginality of being shamed, he was he was right there, he was right there. And anyone that says he um, no Jason, he he, he had to, he he was shamed into it. I'm not I'm not prepared to make an argument <laughs> over that. Right. I, have, I have I have opinions that that slightly differ, but I don't I don't think that someone's like, I'm not, pre- I'm not prepared to go to war for this guy. I mean, no, no. I also think that helps my
1: cause. The fact that, you know, you're saying that, you know, yeah. that kind of proves my point even more to the fact.
0: Yeah. Because listen, there's one side that's completely sure, <laughs> you know, I mean, for me, like, like I, for, I mean, the thing that makes me cool about this, I'm always willing to listen. And if, and if, as, as I continue to listen, guess what? I change my mind. Did People talk about how flip-flopping is a bad thing. Hell no, it's not a bad thing, Rob. I am a flip-flopper. I am a flip-flopper. <laughs> when the facts and opinions um, and someone's appeal- uh, critical thinking and opinion based on those facts changes my mind, guess what I'm going to do? I'm a flip-flop more than the morning on IHOP, my man.
1: <laughs> well, I'd say it even like this just to <laughs> piggyback on top of that. I'm Please. not. I'm not necessarily a flip-flopper. I love to be proven wrong. I there love to be... You know, I, I love to say whatever it is I have in my mind, and and unequivocally agree with that because that's where I'm coming from with the knowledge that I have.
0: How many right. times have I walked away from this show and 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 co-signed what you felt? And I'm in, I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. No,
1: you're good. you good. Yeah,
0: you had a really good thought there. But how many times that I I leave this show and I'm like, damn, maybe I got to come on the show next week and be like. You know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> I don't think I'm I don't think I'm with that dude no more. <laughs>
1: exactly. You know, so it's not it's not necessarily a flip and a flop because I hold but I will hold very strong on what I believe, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to change what I believe as long as you present me with the idea of what you're bringing down. Like I'm not going to just change my idea when you bring up a subject i'm going to ask you on that subject i want you to 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 teach me on that subject i want you to make me learn and understand what's going on and that's that's why i can't deal with people talking about all arguments this, arguments that it should just be a conversation you know if you feel that you're correct in this conversation then teach that person Mm -hmm. how to learn what you've learned make them understand what you've understood Mm -hmm. as opposed to saying you're wrong you don't know what you're talking about and poking at the problem as opposed to creating the solution
0: yeah with the common denominator just being listen Listen, I mean, sir. Cert- I mean, the problem with some of my smart friends, like really brilliant friends, they hear the first two words of a sentence because they're smart. They assume they know what the rest of the diatribe or soliloquy is going to be. And mm-hmm. maybe eight out of ten times they're time, eight out of ten times they're right. But the two times they're wrong, I'm just like, I want to punch you in the face, dude. Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> or <laughs> wanna- you're just impeding progress. You know, yes. you're impeding what you- where you can move forward as a person, as opposed to again poking at the problem. Yeah, you know, just. Look for yourself to be wrong. Look for a chance to improve yourself, other people. Yeah, it makes everything a lot easier. Do you
0: hear that horn? That mm-hmm. horn went off twice. That, <laughs> that is our segment saying that we're impeding its progress. And that segment, Rob, is good idea, bad idea. Let's see how good I got at this. Rob oh, yeah. McLean. Woo, right away. You like that? I like that. <laughs> Rob, good idea, bad idea. <sighs> Oregon and Oregon state drop the civil war term.
1: Uh good idea. I think that it, there's no need for that anymore. There's no need to have uh, necessarily <clears throat> uh, a battle of, of a civil war between two people. I understand where it comes from, but if you could find a better name for it, all for it. But, if they stick with it, if they stuck with it. I have no problem about that because the Civil War, there's nothing problem with that. It's just necessarily the Confederacy itself and what it stood for. But, you know, I understand where, you know, people yeah. disagree. They have their they stand up for their rights. I
0: think it's a bad idea, and I think um, we as Americans need to get over ourselves every time we hear terms that are that 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 are that are like or whatever. No, I mean civil war doesn't mean American civil war, right? If you look around the world, I'm there great. are civil wars in every country. There's civil wars in Russia. There have been civil wars in Germany, East Germany, West Germany. There have been civil wars in America, and in the, and in Oregon, in a sports sense, when Oregon goes against Oregon State, I am going to war against you in that. In the classic sense of the word, is civil war, and but and I understand why they change it because of the political pol- political climate um, I don't think it's a terrible idea uh, um, but I I, I don't I, I don't I'm not one of these people that are just hopping on board because it is bandwagon fallacy just because the premise of, of changing a term is popular that it's right nope they're gonna have to miss me on that one
1: no I agree with you on that I don't like the whole uh, you know just to, not to get off topic here no, but go ahead. with the whole take down, you know Jesus uh, statues and stuff like that
0: yeah see how that I, works.
1: <laughs> I don't i don't agree with that but i do agree with the fact that we do have to come to grips with the understanding that history has been whitewashed to a point where jesus may not have been white and i'm not saying that every statue is actual pastel white but the the figurine is of a white man and yeah. i have no problem against jesus But Jesus doesn't have to be the figurine of that sculpture. Yeah. So I'm not with it. I mean, according to the Bible, he looks more like you. (laughs) Exactly. So if we can come to the grips that history could look more correct as opposed to a certain direction or a certain way to uh, not suppress necessarily others, but to... uh, you know, make others conflate others to make others seem more than what they are. And it's just no reason for it. Just either tell history or don't have history. That's where I'm laying on, you know. And then if you're coming down to Confederacy, every time everybody has won, that's who tells the history. So how is it the loser in this case telling the history? A so bunch of losers it's there. all, you know, it's all I'm kind of. Yeah.
0: Well, for me, listen, Rob, the Confederacy is the Confederacy, all right? We had a war about this thing. Relax, you're gone. As far as Jesus is concerned, I I think people should consider whatever color they want, all right? If you look in the actual Bible, they say his feet were bronze, his hair was a wool. And if you look at the description of what Jesus looked like, he looked more like you than he looked like a blue-eyed hippie from California, okay? Um, So with that being said— it doesn't i don't make the leap that he was that he was african american or he was black he's just if you go to the middle east if you go to israel if you go to bethlehem or if you go to these these towns everybody's dark everybody's right. dark so so for some nation of israelite guy to, to automatically make the theological leap that he wasn't white that he was black because to them you're black or you're white and, and and in this country i understand why someone would say that you leave jesus alone okay i mean they they i mean jesus is up there he he wasn't designed to oppress his whatever his skin right. tone you think it is is not designed to oppress anybody right. and for, for to take that down is is make, trying to make everybody else make you parrot, parrot their free speech cuz totally. it's it's reverse psychology, Rob. They're trying totally. they're like, "Oh, oh, this is up there because they're trying to they ma- they they're, they're, they're trying to make you par- uh, parrot their free speech." No, that's not what's going on. Taking that statue down is their way of trying to make you parrot their free speech. It's nonsense. And I, and and with the Jesus thing, Confederate thing, look, we want a war over that. We and victory should be told. I mean, history should be told by the victors. Tear it down, believe. Leave my man Jesus alone, man. Jesus is a chill dude, man. Who gives a well, who gives a f what color he was?
1: Just to to finish that out, though. um, Holy
0: shit, it's Jesus. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, with the Confederate statues, Mm -hmm. I I think that it's very demeaning and it's also very uh, disrespectful when you have literally statues Mm. still of white men pulling slaves through the street. That is a statue that is literally hidden hidden in
0: plain sight
1: right so that i just have to disagree with and for people to angrily take that down i agree with that because it causes that but for religion when you're talking about that that is an entity and to take down a statue just because you think that'll change something else if you have a confederate statue in a town that uh that message is still there but if you take down a if you take down a statue of Jesus in that town, the church is still there. The matches is still past. So yeah. I, I think there is a much better way to go about taking down a very, like you're saying, a very civil message yeah. uh, and not a message of oppression, but maybe a message of supremacy in some ways. But, not necessarily a message Mm. of oppression you cannot angrily take that down and And i still think there's better ways to take down the confederate statues but yet again over uh, over time outrage does happen to you know come out and i don't think that's everybody but i do believe that's what's happened
0: 100 percent. and that's dude man we got you got to come on my my podcast the option (laughs) just just drop in i got chris austin this wednesday um not uh, early so for anyone listening in uh listen in two-time ncaa champ um uh, author and god knows what else i'm very glad to have him on the show Ho- and hopefully yeah. ricardo later on so topic two good idea bad idea now we could get a little dumb the patriots the patriots getting fined for spygate 2.0 um their production true getting caught film filming the other team's practices this is the cincinnati Bengals. uh patriots getting fined and getting cost a draft pick third round good idea bad idea
1: Um, Well, a good idea for the NFL because, you know, the Patriots do absolutely everything they can every single year to find to, you know, find the boundaries and push the line. So, you know, I think, again, this is just a great way for them to uh, show where that line should not be crossed. Um, But past that for the Patriots is bad, man. They look bad yet again. Uh, What could they actually get from you know, the Cincinnati Bengals. There's literally nothing going on there but Joe Burrow. So, why are you even videotaping them? So, I don't even get what's going on there.
0: Um, We're on the Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> so, listen, if you ever watched WWE back in the day during the attitude of past uh, W up to the WWE, when, it, when it's WWF, the Guerrero brothers, we lie, we cheat, we steal. <laughs> we lie, we cheat, we steal. That is their way. That is the Patriots way. And there's a reason why Bill Belichick is called Bill Cheat. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. A million dollars, give me a Super Bowl <laughs> ring, money well spent. <laughs> Multiply that by six. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Rob, whew. all right, breathe, Jay. Good idea, bad idea. Brett Farve said the Packers should use Jordan Love the same way the Saints use Taysom Hill. Basically, he's a quarterback being drafted um, with the Green Bay Packers. Good idea, bad idea.
1: Bad idea. I mean, only way it's a good idea is that they use him in the capacity of which he could be good for. But they use Taysom Hill as like a wide receiver, a running back. I mean, Jordan Love is gonna be. A quarterback that has a great arm. He's not going to be an athlete who's going to run past people. And even if he is, he does not have the body frame that Taysom Hill has. Like Taysom Hill, literally looks like a linebacker. This guy looks like a wide receiver. It's a terrible idea. Bad idea.
0: Bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. Taysan, hell, I don't I don't know what, what round he got drafted in, but Jordan Love, to my recollection, Rob McLean, got drafted the first round, okay? You don't take your first round draft pick and make him a wide out and put him in all these places of danger. And particularly in this landscape, in this political and racial landscape, when a guy's doing a podcast in Mississippi talking about an African American quarterback drafted the first round to play another position is ASA nine, it's as a ten, it's as a 11. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. I was right at the horn, my man. (laughs) All right. Hey, that concludes. Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. One more. Good idea, bad idea. Maybe we won't even make it 30 seconds in on this. Mississippi, the state of Mississippi to remove the Confederate Mm. emblem from the state flag. Good idea, bad idea, Rob.
1: I mean, of course it's a good idea. Like we were saying before, uh, you know, the Confederacy is something that, is a, is a symbol for many things, but also for many, you know, some good things, but also for some bad things. So um, in, to tell, in totality, it has to go away and, and it's continuing to go away, whether it's NASCAR or here and another uh, in the Mississippi state flag. But uh, it's about time. It's about time.
0: Listen, good idea. When you have the SEC, who's basically south-dominated in Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama, and the SEC gets in your behind and says, "I have a problem with the Confederate flag," and all of that, that, that um revenue that all you know that college football brings into the state of Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama, guess what? They're gonna get right or they're gonna get Baroque, okay? Because the SEC, who runs the world, not girls, not girls, the SEC runs the college world and whatever they say goes, goes. <laughs> that is the end that is the end my man of good idea bad idea great job on that one man all right so before we go um, any shout outs anything any 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 um, particular documentaries or or just anything you want to say to your people out there or
1: ah, stay healthy man you know um, just stay up um, keep being safe um, keep working out. You know, keep trying to stay healthy, eat healthy. Uh, good things will be coming.
0: No, no doubt. Hey, for me, my shout-out goes to um, bringing it back to volleyball, okay? Um, there was a little uh, small a mini tournament going on called the Eric Zahn Scholarship Fundraiser. It was put together by Travis Murruder, uh who, who actually was a journalist at the SCC and now is covering volleyball and is actually, actually an active player and made the main draw a couple of times uh, or more times than a couple um, along with Stafford Slick, uh, AVP champ, along with, uh, with who was an AVP champ with uh, Stafford Slick and Katie Spill, I mean with uh, Billy Allen and Katie Spiller. The three of them got together and play and kind of did something that looks like this. Little bit There's of... a nice um, jump, that's Andy Bunesh. Little bit of um, King Baranek. of the Court. There's Dave Palm, came from Florida. A lot of people, like you said, Travis Um, talking about assumed risk and some things that are smart ideas, dumb ideas some people will consider this a dumb idea but if you're going to do something that you consider not smart, at least it's for a cause and at least, um, you know, some kid out there, maybe, uh, I don't know if it goes to an academic case, I I certainly hope it goes to volleyball players because colleges only, Division 1 only offers 4.5 scholarships for men's volleyball, we're the bastard children of indoor indoor men's sports and um, yeah, shout out goes to them um, there's a documentary called *Believeland*, which talks about the long-storied history of Cleveland and all of our franchises. But I think that could wait another week. Like that, that could wait till next week. LeBron ain't going nowhere. Huh. Surely the Browns ain't going nowhere. Um, Cavaliers ain't going nowhere, and they'll be there waiting for us next week. All right, and I hope all of you will will be waiting for us there next week. I hope all of you have enjoyed this episode this week as much as you will next week, all right? For all of you at home, for all of you that stood online at Starbucks on your iPad watching us, for all of you on your iPhones, for all of you on your desktop, I am old school, we rule the world. For Rob, keep a McLean McLean, this is episode 23 of Sports Debate Tuesday. I am Jason DeBeas, and I say, we're out! option it's also available on itunes and spotify and on youtube under the ny varsity sports angel you're going to love what you hear